Hello and thank you once again for joining my table of delight, Firestarter Ignite, a podcast on the go derived from my journey of life for your delight and encouragement. I share what's on my heart as well as the journey that I'm on with those that I'm connected to. Over the next few weeks, I will be sharing a study on the book of Matthew and you too can be part of it. Join, if you have not yet, a private Facebook group, Sword Study Delight, for discussions and further details. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Sword Study Delight. Without further ado, let's get started. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you fit in any of these categories? Poor in spirit, you mourn, you are meek, you are merciful, pure in heart, the peacemaker, the persecuted. Do you fit in any of these categories? If you do, then know that you are blessed. You are favored. You are favored by God. Verse 11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. They don't understand your situation, but yet they are talking about you. They don't understand. They don't understand the things that you do because they have not seen what God has shown you. They don't understand you, but it's okay. People misunderstand you, but God knows exactly what's happening. So you're not here to please people. You are here to please the master. It says rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's nothing new. They persecuted the prophets before you. So there's nothing new. Rejoice and be glad. Because your reward is stored up in heaven. Don't worry about them people. Continue to do what God has instructed you to do. Continue to walk in the path that God has laid out for you. Don't worry about them people. Set your eyes on the prize. Forget what's behind you. Yes. Verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Salt of the earth. You are to have a salt, a flavor to your walk with God. And if you don't have a flavor in your walk with God, you are no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. 
14, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. You see, I grew up a Christian, but I hid my light. I didn't want nobody to know I was a Christian. I didn't want anybody to know my identity. I hid my identity. And therefore, because I hid my identity, because I hid my light, I was, I was walking in darkness. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let them see the light that is on the inside of you. Put it out. Don't hide it. Don't hide it. Don't shy, away. Don't shy away from what God has placed on the inside of you. Let it shine from within. So that people who see the light within you and the good deeds glorify your Father who is in heaven. And 17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. The old covenant and the new covenant, they go together. They go together. What God has started in the old covenant, he has finished in the new covenant. God has fulfilled God has fulfilled the new covenant by shedding his blood on the cross. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the one of the least of these commands, anyone who sets aside one of these one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisee and of the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Your righteousness has to surpass the righteousness of the Pharisee and the Sadducee, the ones who were in charge of God's law, the ones who had it all, but yet they mistreated it. The ones who knew the truth, but did not share it with the world. That righteousness has to, your righteousness has to surpass the righteousness of Pharisee. 21. You have heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. We have to watch our words. What are we saying? 
What are we saying? Oh, I hate her. Oh, I hate him. These are, these are weapons that we are throwing at people. We have to be careful. These are, these are charged up weapons that we are pointing at our brothers and sisters. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift right there in front of the altar first. Go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. You can't just continue to go to church and continue to, to, uh, to come to the front where you're not even right with your brothers and sisters. You can't continue to just, you know, uh, do what you feel is right knowing that you have bitterness and hate in your heart the bible says first go to uh, go and be reconciled to them then come and offer your gift and 25 says very one of my favorites settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court spiritual court do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison, spiritual prison. Settle it right there and then with your adversary who is taking you to court, who is accusing you, who is lying about you. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. It's talking about a spiritual prison. Mental prison, emotional prisoner, prison, spiritual prison, physical prison even. Settle your matters quickly. Because it tells, Bible says, truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Listen, if you have murdered a brother or sister, if you have spoken up against them, go and be reconciled back to them. It's not a joke. It's not a joke because the adversary can take you to that court. He will take you and throw you into prison because you have reviled against. You have been found guilty of murder. We don't think about this. We don't think about these, the, the consequences of our actions. We don't think about what will happen if we revile against someone. But the Bible clearly states that if anyone is angry, with a brother or sister, they will be subject to judgment. Right here. Right here. Before I even walk away. Before I even walk away. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. If I have ever reviled against a brother or sister. Forgive me, Father. If I have called a brother or sister Raka. Or a fool. Forgive me, Father. For I have sinned against you and you alone. Forgive me. And give me the courage. Give me the courage to walk up to them and be reconciled. In Jesus' name. It's a serious matter, everyone. Serious matter. We don't think about it. When we read the word, do we apply it? Do we apply the word of God to our lives? Or are we just reading like a story? Like it's something that happened in, in, in those times. This is still applicable to your life. Are we applying this scripture to our lives?
Let us go further. Verse 27. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Listen. If you are lusting after someone, if you are lusting after someone who is not your wife, who is not your husband, you are committing adultery. You cannot be lusting after someone who is not your husband or wife. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God, if you have found yourself being lustful, ask God to forgive you. Forgive me, Father, for I have looked, I desired. Help me to look away. Help me to look away. Help me when the temptation comes that I look away and I don't continue to live in sin. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Guide me, direct me, instruct me when I'm going wrong. When I'm slipping on my path. And 29 says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. What an illustration right here. What an illustration. It says that if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. Throw it away. Not a physical, not a physical, um, not a physical. It's not a physical. It's talking about a spiritual eye. It's talking about a, a spiritual hand. Anything that causes you to look a certain way. Anything that causes you to, to, to be tempted in any kind of way. It says, remove it from you. Remove it far from you. If it's something that's bothering you, don't go around in that place. If it's something that's, that, that, that wakes up desires in you, then stay away from that area. I can testify. There's something in my life that was bothering me. And I continue to go to that area. When the Holy Spirit says, abstain, don't go. And when I listened, I gained rewards. Self-control took over. And I gained rewards. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, it also says, spiritually, spiritually, remove it far from you. If there's something that you're doing that's causing you to, to, to sin, that's causing you to stumble, then throw it away. If it's television, throw it away. If it's your phone, limit your use. What's causing you to stumble? What's causing you to stumble? Throw it away. It says set it far from you. Because it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body going to hell. That poison will, will enter into your bloodstream. And will take over your whole body. 
Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us at this moment if we have ever allowed our eyes to desire something that's not pleasing in your sight. Forgive us, Lord, if our right hand caused us to stumble. Father, forgive us and help us and teach us how to do better. Teach us how to do better. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. This next one. This next one is 31, verse 31. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That right here is clear. But are we paying attention? Oh, you know what? I don't love him anymore. I love her anymore. So therefore, I can go in and uh, give her a certificate of divorce. No. No, you can't do that. Oh, you know, I'm just not feeling it with her or him. I'm just going to go my separate ways. No. The Bible says sexual immorality. If someone has fallen into sexual immorality, that is the only exception. And anyone who marries a divorced woman says commits adultery. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. The word of God says it. These are not my rules. I'm just reading the word of God. And it's plain. It's plain. We make it so complicated. Well, that's not what the Bible really means, you know. And so we lean our own understanding, not realizing that we are entangled in the lies of Satan. We have to be careful. Some things are black and white, and we got to read them as black and white instead of leaning on our own understanding and thinking that we know better. No, no, no. Father God, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us. Verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of a great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. It's simple. Black and white, again. If you, if you have made a commitment to God, then fulfill a commitment to God. Don't break your vows. It is like an agreement. It's like, it's like an agreement that you come into. Don't break the vow. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to help you. If you are unable to do so yourself in your physical strength, then ask the Lord to help you. He will empower you to give you the ability and strength to overcome all of your weaknesses. Greater is he that is within us than he who is in, in this world. Greater is he who is within us. Do you know who is within you? The power, the same power 
the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Do you know this? Are you reading your Bible? Are you applying the principles of His Holy Scriptures to your daily lives? We cannot play around. Verse 38. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asked you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Right here. Right here. We are so quick. We are so quick. We are so quick. We are so quick as humans to pay back. We are so quick. Hey, she did it to me. I must do it to her. Hey, he spoke about me. I must do it to him. Hey, he doesn't like me. I don't like him. No. No, you are a child of the living God. You are a child of the living God. If someone slaps you on your right cheek, then let them slap the other one too. I know, it's a hard persecution, isn't it? But then again, remember, blessed are you in verse 11, when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. It says, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Remember those words. Take it like a soldier. Take it like a soldier. I know it's not easy. I know. But that's the life of a Christian. It's not an easy path. It's not an easy path. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand them over your coat as well. What an illustration once again. These are principles. And your choice is to either apply them to your life or keep on walking. If you are wise, you will apply those scriptures. If you are foolish, you will continue walk your path. These are instructions. This is wisdom. His holy word is wisdom and a light unto your path. Wherever you go, the word of God will lead you to all truth. And 41 says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. A lot of people say, hey, don't force me. Don't, don't, don't put this on me. Don't revile against. Just go two miles with them. God will bless you for it. God will bless you for it. You will be rewarded. Don't worry about what they're doing. Don't worry. They're just being driven by the enemy. That's all. They're being driven by the enemy and therefore... You are a victim. You are a victim 
in that situation, but you know you are a victor through it all. Don't allow the enemy to trip you, to trick you, or deceive you. 43. Tough chapter, isn't it? 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. It's not easy to pray for your enemies, is it? It's not easy to pray for those who have persecuted you, who have lied about you, who have slandered you, who have scoffed at you, who have, who have um, said all kinds of evil against you. It's not easy. But listen, pray for them. They're being driven by the enemy. That's it. They're ignorant of his devices. And therefore, of course, they will hate. Of course, of course, they will murder. But honest scales belong to God. You've got to allow God to judge them. You've got to allow God to handle your enemies. Pray for them. Pray for them so that the understanding will come. Pray for them. Father, we pray for our enemies right now. We know it's not easy. We know it's not easy. But we know what you have instructed us to do. And therefore, we let go of our enemies and put them in your hand, Father. Put them in your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. What a tough chapter. What a tough chapter. Are you reading the word of God or are you applying? Are you applying the scripture to your life? Or are you just reading like a storybook? Are you just reading it because you're trying to justify yourself? What are you reading? Why are you reading? Why are you reading your Bible? Are you reading your Bible to benefit? Or are you reading your Bible to make excuses or to feel justified? He causes his son to, to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. The storm, it hits everyone. No one is exempt. It hits everyone. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We are to be perfected. We are to be perfected in our deeds, actions, attitudes, in our conduct every single day. We cannot just greet our own people. We've got to step out of our own circle. I had to do that. I had to do that. Do we just love those who love us? I had to do that too. We got to extend our hand. Even to those who do not love us. Who, do not, who persecute us. What a tough chapter. Father God, help us. At this moment, 
Help us to apply the scriptures to our daily lives. Help us to love our enemies. Help us with our eyes, Lord, and our hands that causes us to stumble. Help us to be the salt and the light that you have placed us on this earth to be. Help us not to hate. Help us to forgive. Help us to forgive and forget. Help us, Lord. Perfect us in your righteousness. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This concludes our study on chapter 5. Stay tuned for the next chapter. Chapter 6. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. In simple terms, don't do it for the show. Don't do it. Don't practice your righteousness in front of others because you want to be seen, because you want to be accepted, because you want to be appreciated. Because you want to be recognized. Do it because you have a heart full of love. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their full reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Simple. When you go out to share whatever it is that the Lord put on your heart with the needy, with those that are less fortunate, with the homeless, don't do it for show. Don't try to videotape it and show it to the world listen this is what i did listen this is what i did why don't you hide it why don't you keep that sacred between you and your father so that your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you in the open he will reward you himself don't worry about don't worry about being recognized let your father recognize you and the next one is one of my very favorites. Verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Right here. Right here, once again. The disciples are asking, How do we pray? How do we pray? And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to be seen. You are operating by faith. Therefore, operate in the unseen. 
close the door, go into your room, and pray to your Father, who will see what is done in secret and reward you in the open. And verse 7 says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Again, the emphasis is on prayer. Do not keep on babbling like pagans, repeating repetition of words. Make sure I say this, make sure I say that, make sure I cover this subject or that subject. No. Pray in the Spirit. Pray so that the will of God can be furthered in your life. Don't talk like the babbling fools. They think because of their many words they can be heard. Pray from your heart. Pray from your heart. Do not worry about what people will, will say. Do not worry about what others will think. This is between you and your father. And your father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you in the open. This, then, is how you should pray. Here is the pattern of prayer. Are you paying attention? Pattern of prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I remember praying this prayer as a little girl every single night before I go to bed. Our parents taught us to pray this prayer before we go to bed. To pray this pattern of prayer so that the Father can hear our heart. And let me break it down a little bit further. Let me break, break this prayer down a little bit further. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We know where you are, and we pray to you as our Heavenly Father, who resides in heaven, it says that, holy be your name. Your kingdom, the kingdom that is talked about, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. What is the will of the Father? The will of the Father is that no one shall perish, but every, everyone come to repentance. Let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's already manifested in heaven. We ought to manifest it by declarations on the earth. And forgive us our debts. The debts that are set up against us. Forgive us. Overlook our mistakes. Overlook our offenses as we have forgiven our debtors as we have 
overlook the mistakes of others, as we have overlooked the offenses of others. And lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, one who is seeking to destroy our soul. Deliver us, save us, pull us, rescue us from the evil one. And 14, verse 14 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. That right here is a powerful, powerful statement. If you have an offense against someone, go and be reconciled to your brother, it says in Matthew. It says, if you have an offense against your brother or sister, go and be reconciled before you even bring your gifts to the altar. Because if you forgive or if you overlook somebody else's mistakes, your father, who, who is in heaven, will also forgive you, will also overlook your mistakes. But if you don't forgive other pe people's offenses and other people's transgressions and mistakes, then your Father will not forgive you. We got to take this serious. Over, oftentimes, we skip this verse, right? We skip it. And we expect God to move on our behalf when we haven't done what He had asked of us. It's a powerful, powerful statement right here. Let us go into the next verses, and it is concerning fasting. What does it mean to fast? To fast is to abstain from food, abstain or abstain or, or consecrate yourself by abstaining from food by cutting down your desires. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Once again, it's talking about the hypocrites, the ones that love to be seen. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Once again, once again, it is talking about privacy. It is talking about secrecy. It is talking about consecrating yourself in the privacy of your home, consecrating yourself to the Father who sees what is done in secret. Don't be like the hypocrites who let everybody know, I'm fasting, I'm a righteous man. and Don't be like them. It says, don't be like them. It says, be normal. Go by your day. Don't let everyone know that you are fasting. Oh, listen, I can't eat that because I'm fasting. No, oh, you know what? Um... Listen, everyone, I'm, you know, you all can eat, but I can't. No. Do it in secret. Do it in secret. Unless someone asks you. 
then you have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to tell them. But otherwise, stay quiet. Verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It says, don't worry about the treasures of this world. Don't store up for yourselves treasures of this world. But instead, instead, store up for yourselves treasures that is going to benefit you in your future. That is, benefit, that is going to benefit you in your eternity. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. These are principles. These are principles of Jesus. And he is inquiring us and he is instructing us not to do such things. He is inquiring us to pay attention, to pay attention. And verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? We hear this a lot, don't we? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He provides for them. He takes care of them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your day or to your life? And do, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers in the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God closes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, and thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows that you need. He provides for you. He knows what you need before you even ask Him. He knows. These are very, very much familiar words that we hear preached, that we hear spoke about, that we hear um, and sometimes quote even. But are we applying these scriptures to our life? Are we applying these verses to our lives? Are we applying them? Are we declaring them? Because it's very important that we live the Word of God. Not just read the Word of God, but apply it and live it. It's very important.
And this verse, the next verse, is a very familiar verse. And a lot of us have quoted it without even realizing what it meant, what it means. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What are these things that are being talked about here? The clothes? The food? The everyday affairs of life? The cares and treasures of the world? The cares and pleasures of the world? Everything will be added to us as we seek the kingdom. That kingdom that is within. That kingdom that is hidden away and is only operated by faith. That kingdom of his righteousness. If we seek the kingdom, everything else will be added unto you. But if we seek everything else, how can we find the kingdom when our attention in us is on something else? How can we find the kingdom of God and his righteousness when we are seeking the things that the pagans do? Therefore, 34 says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Live in the moment. Live in the moment. Be thankful for the provision. Be thankful for the protection. Be thankful for all that God has given you. Because tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. We, we ought to worry about today. Each day has its own Enough trouble on its own. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, we thank you for your provision. We thank you for daily bread. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for our transgressions as we have forgiven our transgressors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let us not worry about the things of this world. Let us worry about Storing treasures in heaven. Let us continually seek your, first, your kingdom and your righteousness. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And this concludes chapter 6 of the book of Matthew. Stay tuned for the next chapter. God bless you.